Want to create a fun and interactive quiz so you can build your own list? Check it out at tryinteract.com and use code BIRD15 at checkout for 15% off. Hi, I'm Priscilla McKinney, host of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. And we're back. We had a great time at Insights Association CRC, that's the Corporate Research Conference in Orlando. And we're going to share with you a little bit about what we heard and who we talked to. This was a really interesting year because Art Flanagan over at Insights Association thought he'd do something brand new and really serve the providers and vendors who come when most of the content is directed towards the innovation and what's going on at corporate research level. The One Day Insights Leadership Symposium was a cool way to talk to providers and vendors and really throw out some ideas about how we go about coming to market. This was super fun for me because I was joined with Jamin Brazil, Seema Vasa, and David Paul, all fellow podcasters in the MR world, and we were the co-hosts of that day. We heard from Karen Walker from Better CEO, and I loved how she talked about how we sometimes are in danger of dumbing things down and how our culture is really the sum total of what we allow to happen at our work. And that was really inspirational. Loved where she went with that. We also got to hear from Andy Storch, who is also a fellow podcaster and really an amazing performance coach. One of the things was near and dear to my heart is that he also has a love for Dilbert cartoons, and they were really, really funny. But he also tapped into the seriousness of employee engagement and how to really get involved and exceed the employee experience. I also loved what he said about not necessarily looking for the right culture fit in an employee, but also about how that employee might add to your culture. That is so in alignment with our culture and our way of looking at things at Little Bird Marketing. So I loved that. David Paul is not only the host of his own podcast, Engage Us, but he is also the host of the Insights Association Audible Insights. And he did a live episode featuring my good friend over at Innovate MR, Lisa. And with her was Joe Beyer and Susan Stacy, and then also Greg Jones from Procter & Gamble. And they all discussed where we're going with sample. What are the issues and the challenges we're facing with sample quality and what we can do about it and how we also integrate social recruitment into that sample quality. It was a super great leadership track. We also got to meet Adam Lichtel. He's a data scientist from Delta Brain. And I loved this note I took from his speech. And that was a quote, knowing why something works is just as important as knowing why something doesn't. It was a lot of food for thought. We had a great time at the Insights Leadership Symposium was the lead up to the CRC. But you're going to hear from other people about their experience at Insights Association CRC in Orlando this year. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I am here with Adrian Amrine from Grubhub, and she just presented about some really, really interesting research um, that Grubhub has done and, and just an interesting connection between their insights team and their marketing team. So Adrian, tell me a little bit about uh, what you just presented on. Yeah, so I just presented a little bit around kind of this delivery industry is very mm -hmm. cluttered right now. There's a lot of competitors in the space, and what Grubhub has realized is we have to build our brand in order to set us apart from our competitors. and so. 
the way we've decided to do that is through national TV advertisements. And so today in this presentation, I walked everyone through uh, this kind of TV testing framework that was created um, in-house uh, and how we are able to make sure that our ads are not only extremely effective um, for our, our, our investment, but also making sure that they're really resonating with the customer to, to continue to build that brand and hopefully build that loyalty to yeah. our brand. So being on the Insights team, you you actually serve multiple roles. So yes. I, you, yeah. you're a moderator too, <laughs> I which am. is really yes. interesting. So, um, But also you had mentioned that you are there on site when they're actually doing these video shoots. Yes. So you are there getting the information from the respondents and then also their day of shoot when this creative is being created. So yes. tell me a little bit about how that came about because that's really unique. It is really unique and I, I, I feel really lucky that I'm able to kind of go and see it come to life. I think a lot of the times we think about research and it, it then kind of goes to these teams and you're not sure how it's being implemented. And what's awesome to see is um, kind of in these production shoots, how valuable they lean on research in the moment. Because when they're sitting there needing to decide, hey, should he wear a hat or should he wear a Grubhub t-shirt? They look to me as the voice of the consumer to say, hey, actually people would just prefer them to be wearing a, t a Grubhub t-shirt. And mm -hmm. it's those types of moments where insights make a really big impact in making sure that our ad is effective and also kind of resonating to what the consumer is wanting to see or what they've told us they've wanted to see. Um, but Building that relationship to get to that point has been a process. I've been with GrubHub for two and a half years, and my time there, I've been on three different teams within the organization. Wow. So uh, we used to be on the operations team, then we moved over to the product team and sat with our UX counterparts mm -hmm. internally. Yeah. Um, and then we finally moved over about six months ago and sit actually on the brand team. And what's wow. so great about kind of that transition is seeing the business from multiple perspectives. But most recently, especially with the initiative of TV and really kind of investing heavily in that, I'm I'm sitting there with my brand partners at weekly status meetings and mm -hmm. understanding the things they're dealing with and that they're getting asked. Um, and ultimately, that kind of led to a seat at the table during this process of uh, bringing on a new creative agency and determining uh, what our next big TV spot will be. Oh, great. Thanks so much for sharing with yes. us and really just inspiring this room to um, hopefully go back to their organizations and, and change some things around. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Pleasure meeting you. So I'm here with Andy Storch, and uh, we were co-presenting here right, yeah. at uh, CRC for Insights Association, and I think I've got someone of a like mind here. So um, Andy, why don't you tell everybody what you do specifically, just start with your actual two podcasts, what they're about, sure. and then we can talk a little bit more about what you talked about today. Yeah, well, I'm a talent development consultant. I work with companies to connect them with really exceptional learning and development programs to help their companies turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. Uh, I host two podcasts. One is called the Talent Development Hot Seat, which serves that business and that talent development audience. Uh, and then my other show is called the Andy Stort Show, which is more about personal development and kind of my personal hobby, if you will. Uh, and then uh, I do a lot of stuff on social media, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, connecting with people, building a brand. I'm also hosting my first conference in November called the Talent Development Think Tank, uh, which is on November 6th and 7th in Sonoma, California. I didn't even talk about it here today because I don't know if anybody would want to come, but it's sold out anyway. So. Oh, hey, it's sold out, yeah. and it's in Sonoma. And Hello. it's in Sonoma. Maybe that's why it's sold out. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. You, you got onto something there. Right. But, you know, you said that one of your first podcasts is about being in the hot seat. So who's in the hot seat, you or your guest? Uh, sometimes I feel like it's me, but... Okay. Uh, 
You know, the idea, I don't know where that idea came from. I used to have a podcast about entrepreneurship called The Entrepreneur Hot Seat. And uh, it was the idea of like asking some tough questions to entrepreneurs, making them really think, you know, coaching them a little bit. And it's continued to pivot over time. And um, I, I don't think anybody's really on a hot seat anymore. Uh, in fact, we're, I'm thinking about rebranding at the end of the year for the Talent Development Podcast to align with the conference to be more of a think tank. Uh, which is, you know, to be more collaboration, conversation, providing great ideas and insights for people to do their jobs better. Well, I think you might agree with me as a fellow entrepreneur, but maybe we don't need to be in any more hot seats. Right. I, I, yeah. It's what I refer to as the stunning discomfort of entrepreneurship. It's yeah. hard. It's tough business. So yeah. let me ask you this just in closing. What is the hardest question that people come to you? What is it the hard question that you solve? The thing they just can't crack, the thing that is, you know, it, it it's not only emerging, it merged, but it's a very persisting problem. And they keep coming to you and say, Andy, help us solve this at, at our at our company. I would say the, probably the most common challenge that I hear across every company, doesn't matter the industry or even the size, is the common challenge of people doing a great job in what they do and being promoted to manager with no manager training and then either failing at being a manager or just not knowing how to be a manager, how to manage and coach their people. And then that causing such a disconnect, such a problem, because now the people they're managing are not really getting developed. Uh, the, the strategy is not really being effectively translated from the executive team down to the front lines. And when you really think about it, executive teams, you know, they have retreats, they spend all this time defining such a great strategy, uh, but if they can't get the front line, the people doing the work to actually execute it on it, then that strategy is going to fail. And they often rely on those middle managers, frontline managers to translate the strategy, to communicate, to motivate their people, and to coach and develop their people. And if they're not doing that, they lose a lot of those best people. So the, the biggest challenge, most common challenge I hear all the time is those frontline or first-time managers who don't know how to manage, aren't getting the help or the training they need uh, to manage their people. And that's where I can often come in and help as, as a person who runs leadership development, manager development workshops and, and get them acting more effectively. Awesome. Well, we'll plug a couple of your shows on here, but um, you certainly you can reach out to Andy on LinkedIn. Obviously, he's a very approachable person, so ask your question. Put him in the hot seat. We'd yeah. love it. Thanks so Thank much, you. Andy. Thank you, Priscilla. All right, I am at CRC. I'm here with Jenny Reese of Microsoft, um, who just gave a absolutely awesome presentation um, with John Brand of GFK. And what they were talking about, and I'll let you kind of finish this up, um, but what they were talking about is how they created the Microsoft ecosystem and how the, the research and the creation of that has really affected their overall um, branding, marketing, and advertising um, strategy. So tell me a little bit about um, the key takeaways from your presentation today. Yeah, for sure. Um, so really, we just wanted to um, take people on the journey of answering the, the really big question of, you know, are we a branded house or are we a house of brands? Um, we all kind of felt that the Microsoft brand had a lot of power, um, but we were very organized by products and the actual, you know, services that we were selling to consumers. And so this was, um, you know, taking folks through the journey from the, you know, what are the design and inputs that you need to be able to answer this question and what are some of the techniques techniques on the back end in terms of how you handle the data, building models, um, and ultimately trying to understand the strength of the relationships and the direction of relationships so that you can really understand how to plan your portfolios and how to plan your campaigns and messages. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, tell me about, you showed a couple of examples at the end of different campaigns or ways that you guys have 
um, reapproached even advertising with this research, with this information. Um, and one of my favorite quotes that you gave today was um, information for the sake of information. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not that's not helpful. What's helpful is when our information drives our action. So tell me about some of the actions that Microsoft has taken. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, as, as researchers and I came from agency side, we, we love information. And so sometimes we can just get, you know, fall in love with ourselves and kind of right. get lost in it. Um, but at Microsoft, we really try to uh, drive action and impact. And so a couple of the examples that I love of this work in the wild, um, one is recently rebranding being ads to Microsoft advertising. And so if you want to buy, uh, you know, if you want to place ads on Bing and kind of capitalize on the, the search for your business, rather than going to Bing ads, now you're buying from Microsoft advertising. And that was very much supported by our findings that the Microsoft brand is super strong. Um, and it kind of blurs the line between consumer and commercial in the way that we want it to. And so that was a, a big decision for us and, and everybody was really excited to go ahead and make that change in the market. And then the other example we gave is from a campaign side. You know, we did talk a lot about the Microsoft ecosystem, but Windows has a very unique relationship with the OEMs, you know, the HPs, the Dells, the Lenovo's of the world. And so the same um, kind of conclusions apply where when, when HP advertises for Windows, there's kind of a mutual benefit there. If Windows advertises, there's kind of a mutual benefit there. And so being able to kind of capitalize on the co-marketing opportunities, um, which, you know, not every brand has that kind of relationship with outside right. brands, but when you do, definitely know that there could be some extra benefits there. And if you can find those synergies, you know, everybody will benefit. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. So I'm here with Catherine Eflin with Gongus, and um, so tell us what you do as the COO over there. Oh, so a little bit of everything. <laughs> all the hats. Yeah, all the hats. All the hats. So um, definitely on an account team. So I have accounts of my own. Um, and for many years, I was running our financial services business. I spend a lot of time doing my account work, but then I'm also making sure we have the right people in the right seats. So it's a lot of resource shuffle and thinking right. of that at a really high level, not necessarily who should do what, but gosh, do we have the right frameworks in place for the right people to be doing the right things? What new skill sets do we need? And thinking about all these sort of specialties and how can we bring them together to provide something different than what mm. our competitors are doing. Right, so, right. so you get the time for big picture thinking in your day, which is kind of unusual for a COO. So tell me about that. How much do you get stuck kind of, you know, handling, tackling tactics? And how do you carve out time to think about these bigger issues that really aren't urgent, but they're super important? Yeah, I probably don't get as much time as I was like, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. It's funny, we have really been talking a lot lately about applying uh, the CX inner and outer loop to my position. So okay. if you think about in the CX world, the inner loop being you call in, you've got a problem, someone fixes it, solved. Outer loop being, wow. 50,000 people have called with that same problem. We probably yeah. need to do something mm -hmm. different. Right. So I'm trying to focus a lot more on that outer loop. And the way that I'm doing that is we're spending a lot of time looking at redundancies. I think when you get in the role of a COO and it's never going to be the same as your predecessor, right? Mm -hmm. You do what you do because of your strengths. Mm -hmm. So trying to capitalize on where I'm strong and where I'm going to add value um, has really been sort of the secret for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Camille Nasita, who is our CEO, is very invested in our people and talent development. So am I, but she just has this passion and she's so good at it. Well, so I was doing a lot of the things she did when she was in my role. And at some point we were like, wait a minute, this is redundant. We've got to keep, 
people officer. I don't need to be doing those things. So I think as we're sort of sorting out the cart and figuring out where everybody's strengths are and where we should be spending our time, that's how we're trying to find the time. Yeah, and we were talking about that a little bit because you introduced Andy Stork today um, in our CRC, in our in our meeting, and actually you were talking about, um, you know, asking him a few more questions about how do we get people who add to our team as opposed to just people who fit our team. And so it sounds like you're getting the time to really think a little bit about what are the skills sets we need? What are the kind of thought processes? What, what, what are the big the big things? You know, what are the thoughts that we need thunk? And all that kind of, you know, uh, uh, big picture type of uh, imagining. So that sounds like definitely more in your skill set, maybe soft skills. Um, yeah, I think a little bit, very much of what I do. And I, I'm going to tie it back to the talk that you gave on mm-hmm. personas because a lot of what we're finding is we really need to be thinking about our audience. And we know that our insights audience is going to be different than our CX audience, going to be different than our strategy audience, and thinking about how do we deliver on that. And sometimes it's different skill sets. Sometimes it's just understanding it's going to be at a different level or different requirements are going to be needed, different words are going to be used. Right. Um, And so as we're interviewing people, thinking about where are they going to best fit, what are they going to most enjoy doing, knowing that if they want to grow into those other areas, we can help with that. You just need to define what those differences are. Mm -hmm. I love it. So where can people find you to connect with you? Are you a big LinkedIn person? I'm probably not as big of a LinkedIn person as you would like me to be. (laughs) (laughs) Confessions on the podcast. Um, But certainly I am on LinkedIn. um, And you can go to our website as well, Mm -hmm. gongas.com. Okay. And who who are you looking for? Is there something that you do have in mind that you're looking for to add to your team right now? Um, Well, we are always keeping our eyes open. We like to think of it as a bench. So we're always talking to people. Um, We are looking for account managers right now. So people who can go out and really listen really well. That is the key critical skill we look for. Um, And then we kind of are always hiring at that college level, bringing new people in. Um, Those are sort of the key areas we're looking right now. Awesome. Catherine, thank you so much for being with us on Ponderings from the Perch and we'll see you around the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, I am here with Maya Bordeaux. She's with Attune, um, and she just uh, presented with Greg Jones of Procter & Gamble, and what they talked about was absolutely fascinating. Um, Just the connection between the way that people believe and follow these metaphors and how we can then implement that into our marketing strategy. So Maya, tell us a little bit about Attune and what your guys' specialty is. Absolutely. So we're kind of in that um, niche field of neuromarketing. Mm. Uh, We do research and strategy, but our focus is really and our passion is trying to raise the bar in market research to have researchers understand the language of, um, of how to how to create insights that travel, hmm. and also how to um, how to create messages that are immediately encoded in people's subconscious and memory. Fascinating. That's so interesting. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the project that you recently worked on with Procter and Gamble, um, the research that you guys did, but also how they then implemented that to really um, change the way that they were marketing their products. 
Absolutely. So they were facing a challenge, which is if ever, anyone's seen the 3D white packaging on the mm-hmm. shelf, um, they'll know that it says something like removes 95% of surface stains sure. or it removes 95% of the last 10 years of stains or something like that. Um, unfortunately, the immediate metaphor that comes to mind and also with the visual cues on the package, which are like diamonds and laser lights and mm-hmm. stuff like that, is there's something that is lasering my teeth or scraping my teeth. Sure. So for people who just want ultimate power, it was fine. But for the people, most people who are a little bit scared of that type of um, metaphor, uh, it was a barrier. So how do you reframe with a simple metaphor that uh, that still says it's powerful, right? Because you, that's the danger. As you could right. say, it's safe, it's gentle, but then you end up being a homeopathic toothpaste, which is not where they want to be. Sure. So, so you can't sacrifice the effectiveness, or at least not much of it. So what we did was we went deep into the subconscious of our consumers mm-hmm. and um, and we unlocked fantasies that are almost like dreams yeah. where they, they dream of what would this ideal whitening toothpaste be like and we saw things like suffuse balls of swirling light wow. or like waves that were like emanating light that would slowly like change the surface of a beach mm-hmm. and sweep away dirt. And we took, that was one example of what we took and put right on packaging, where the idea is that by putting that type of swirling light on a package, you're immediately cueing to a consumer in milliseconds that this is a gentle but powerful whitening toothpaste. Sure. And what you're doing there Mm -hmm. is you're telling a story, which we all know in marketing is, is what's valuable and what needs to be done. It's how you're memorable. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We uh, we really appreciated your guys' presentation. We got a lot out of it, as I'm sure the rest of the room did, too. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. If you want to hear a little bit more about what happened during the CRC sessions, we got a blog post from Julie Kurd at Chadwick Martin Bailey, and she did a fantastic blog recap of the Insights Association CRC and really gave a good highlight to several of the speakers, including Thoughts About Unpacking Curiosity by Allison Horsmeyer, uh, the Google presentation from Elizabeth Merrick May, always a keynote favorite. She had a great presentation entitled Puppy or Not Puppy. It was incredibly riveting, and you can get a little bit more about that and many more keynotes that happened during the CRC session from this blog, which we'll actually post in our show notes. Well, that wraps up this episode. All the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing wish you a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.